delivering all the news, the informed views, and just telling great motorsport stories since 2003. Powered by the Racetalk.com. This is on the grid. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com or on the Radio Show Limited's RS1. Thank you so much for joining us. Another big show coming your way. We're going to speak to a Bathurst champion in just a second. Lee Holdsworth to join us on the eve of next weekend's Bathurst race. We'll find out all about his year and also his retirement announcement just a couple of weeks ago. Richard Crowell, Mark Walker and myself to dissect all the news from motor racing for the past week and there's been plenty around, don't worry about that. Heaps to talk about right here on The Grid. You're listening to the latest from around the motorsport world. On The Grid. As we always do at the top of the program, good day to you, Crowley. Hello, Shebexter, how are you? I'm excellent, thank you, mate. We're only a week away from Bathurst, so... How could you not be good? I know, right? You can feel it in the air. It's coming and uh, back possibly bigger and better than it's been for a long while. This is going to be a, a massive, great race. Campgrounds have been sold out for ages. Lots of tickets being sold. It's going to be a huge week. And I think a very good motor race as well, based on how the field is shaping up so far. Yep, exactly right. Let's just hope that that rain sort of uh, starts to die down a little bit and it starts to dry off in those camp areas. Oh, we're dry. We're due a wet one, Shabax. It's been a while. Just yeah. throwing it out there. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, one guy, one guy who goes back to Bathurst as the champion, the defending champion of Bathurst is Lee Holdsworth, and he joins us for a chat today. G'day, Leroy. How are you? G'day. I'm going well. Thanks, guys. Excellent. Uh, defending champion. That sounds nice, doesn't it? Sounds very nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I was. Uh, it's been been a long time trying, but uh, finally, yeah, got that one under the belt. So I can. Uh, I'm I'm living it up, trying to hold that mantle until uh, at least Sunday. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's obviously it's going to be a pretty cool week having to be able to sign the plaque um, down the main street of Bathurst with Chaz and. Um, and then go back in, you know, uh, for another year, trying to win the great race again. How's Grove Racing going, mate? How's the prep been in the build-up to this? Uh, it's been good, yeah. We, we had a test day last week. Uh, things all ran pretty well. Um, you know, this year's been a, a massive struggle for me with qualifying with this car, um, which is, you know, no secret. We've been qualifying down the back and racing our way up to midfield or, you know, into the top 10 most of the time. But um, so, you know, I'm not hundred percent confident that we're going to be on the pace come Bathurst. Um, but, you know, uh, if it, my, my plan is, um, you know, to, to get out there and, and stay out of trouble. And, um, you know, most of the time we've had a pretty quick race car. So, um, you know, with some good strategy and, um, you know, some smart play from myself and Matt Payne. I think we can find ourselves, you know, somewhere towards the the pointy end, come towards the end of the race. And if there's a race where you can afford to not qualify well, it's probably this one, right? Because there's so much opportunity absolutely. to make up ground with good race pace. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're um, at every other round. It's been you know ninety ninety percent of your weekend is done and dusted in qualifying. Um, and then you don't really have too much of a chance to fight your way forward in the races. So, you know, the more pit stops there are, the more you can sort of rely on strategy. Um, you can rely on on race pace. And, um, yeah, given that's a strength, I think, you know, it doesn't worry me too much about qualifying for Bathurst. 
Um, you know, there's been plenty of people that qualify, you know, midfield or or beyond and and come through to win that race. And I'm not saying that, you know, I feel like I can win the race this year, but um, uh, I think that we can have a good result. So if there's any TV or radio stations out there looking for a special comments man during the top 10 shootout, give Leroy a call. <laughs> <laughs> so, like look, I'm not, I'm, not writing, I'm not writing myself <laughs> off the top 10 shootout, that's for sure. Um, you know, I, I also think that that's, this is one track where you can really rag the car and, um, you know, it takes a lot of confidence in your car to be able to put it into the top 10 shootout. But I've been in there plenty of times before. Um, I, th- I think that, uh, you know, I, I think if we can sort the car out in the six hours of, of practice in the lead up to qualifying, um, then, then yeah, w- we could get in there. Is there a sense of weirdness going into Bathurst with your partner in a different team from last year? Is that, I mean, you guys are going to be called on to do things together this year. Is it sort of strange? It is a bit, yeah. It, it is quite strange. Um, you know, there's probably not too many years where the champions go, uh, you know, come back and, and not come back to defend mm. it together. Um, so that is a bit strange. But, you know, last year it was a completely different role for me being a co-driver. Um, this year being, a, a, a you know, a main driver um, and having the lead role um it's a very different different responsibilities you know as a co-driver you you're trying to keep it straight um return the car straight for your your main driver to finish off the job um whereas you know the main driver puts it all on the line in qualifying and um and and in the race probably takes a few more risks um and obviously your your main driver is, is the one that crosses the line at the end of the race so um you know, they're, they're the differences, but I do feel that in some ways I don't feel as uh, as much pressure this year as I did last year because I knew that I was going in with a team that was in form, um, a car that was going to be quick, a driver that was going to be quick. Um, it was all sort of playing our way to, to get the result. And um, and the thing that was going to stuff it up was, was probably more so, you know, an incident on track or something like that. So... Um, this year, you know, we've got nothing to lose. So we'll, we'll be putting it, I'll be putting absolutely everything into it and, um, and, and putting it all on the line to be as fast as I possibly can and, and also to get the best result we can. Tell us about Matt Payne. He's a, a fascinating, young, fast Kiwi talent. What's the process been like working with him as a rookie and helping him get up to speed? And, and what's your take on... Uh, his performance so far and, and how you think he'll go this weekend? Um, yeah, Matt's uh, Matt's come a long way in the last 12 months, I think, in, in maturity. He's a he's a fast driver. Um, you know, we've had to we're, – we're basically just trying to keep him calm and, and keep the nerves out as much as possible in the, in the lead-up. Um, you know, the, the big challenge for us is the height difference – um, he's a he's a fairly tall bloke, and as we all know, I'm, I'm pretty short, so um, it's a pretty strange combination in that way. But um, he, he's a he's a great young talent, and um, we've had a lot of fun in the lead up to the event. I'm looking forward to teaming up with him. Um, I think the big thing for these, you know, the young guys, Super Two guys coming in, you know, being a uh, Matt Payne's first Bathurst 1000 it's going to be pretty daunting for him. So, you know, I think just, just making sure that he's having fun and not 
exhausting himself too much in the lead up because he's going to be doing super two as well. So he's going to be doing plenty of laps. There's going to be a lot of media. Um, and, and I guess my experience is where I'm trying to, um, you know, I'm trying to, trying to help him leverage off that experience and, and just understand that you can't, uh, you, you, you can't be too exhausted come, uh, come race day, you've got to leave the energy for the race day. So you need to just relax and take it all in the, in the lead up. So is it you that has to compromise in the seating position this year? Cause normally the co-driver is the one that I always uh, have, you, to correct, you have to, you have to deal with it, but you, yeah. it's easy to make a, a shorter driver tall and not so much squeeze a tall driver into a, a short seat. How does that work? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, look at, you know, so when you've got a taller driver with you, you have to set the seat up to be or the seat position to be um, ideal for the, the taller driver. And then I've got to pour a seat in over the top of his um, seat and um, and make sure that I fit in. So basically it's the shorter driver that always has to have more compromise. Um, you know, in a way I'm so used to it that it doesn't bother me. Um, so I think, uh, I don't think it'd be too too uh, too much of a drama. We went testing last week, had our seat insert for the first time, and all felt good. So I don't think there'll be any uh, compromises in speed. We're not talking about if there's no seat insert for you, you're missing the pedals by six inches or something, eh? <laughs> I got to do what I did back in go karts when I first started, put some train, <laughs> slot some training wheels over the pedals, <laughs> some blocks. Yeah, there's some blocks of wood, yeah. <laughs> Mate, yeah. We, we were just talking about at the start there about it's greatest Bathurst week. It, it feels different already this year than it has for the past couple, and that's for obvious reasons that we all know about. How does it feel for you leading into Bathurst week this year? There's been a bit of a gap now, a couple of weeks between the last race, which was New Zealand, which is totally strange for everybody going from New Zealand to Bathurst. Has it felt like a... a an old normal lead up? Uh, well, you know, I, I always like the, the lead up having sand down first, you know, and, or, or another endurance event first, because when you go to Bathurst, you need to make sure that everyone's comfortable and you don't really know if you're comfortable until you've done, you know, 20, 30 laps around that place. So um, it's a bit of an unknown, I guess, for, for most, um, you know, for, for me just doing the one event last year, in supercars, it was a that was a huge unknown just to as to know, um, you know how comfortable I'll be in the car, um, whether there's going to be any ergonomics issues, um, and and generally at Sandown you you iron all those little things out, you get your driver changes spot on, um, and you go into Bathurst with a bit more confidence in all of that. Um, so so going into Bathurst um, with that big break, uh, you know it's the biggest break I think we've got all year. Um, and, and come from Pukekohe, it's very strange. Um, but, you know, I, I, it gives us more time to think about it and it gives it more hype. We're all, you know, I'm getting nervous about it already and <laughs> that's a good thing. Um, I'm excited to, to take off on Monday and, and start travelling up there. Now, be honest with us, Lethal. We're, we're all friends here. Uh, since you announced your retirement uh, at Sandown, how many teams have rung your phone saying, "Hey, uh, Bathurst next year? What are you? What are your plans? What are you doing? Have you had some phone calls?" Oh uh, yeah, I have. I have. Um, I at, at this stage, 
you know, until after Bathurst, I, I've just let all those um, all those phone calls lie um, mm. because, you know, I'm 100% focused on Bathurst, at, at, you know, for Penrite Racing and also doing the job for the rest of the year for Penrite Racing. Um, so uh, I think, you know, most teams don't want to talk about that sort of stuff or, or nail down what they're doing until after Bathurst, but I think, you know, something announcements will be made um, shortly after Bathurst. But seriously, though, do you, do you feel proud with the amount of reflection, I suppose, that there's been since you announced that that decision to hang up the helmet full-time? And there's been a lot of people looking back on your career and the successes that it's had. Is that a source of pride? And, and I suppose that spills into the fact that there's interest for you to come back as a co-driver next year. Yeah, absolutely. It's been... I'm really pleased with the way that I've done it. Um, the the way that I've announced it early earlier in the season than you know just the last round or something like that. It's given me time to sort of reflect on my career and and also enjoy the rest of the year, but also mm. you know to to also appreciate the fans' input and and you know I've had such amazing messages from them, also from the other drivers and and teams down pit lane, team owners. Um, it's been pretty special, to be honest. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's funny because I, I guess there's not a lot of people that have been that who have who have exited the sport that have been able to do what I've been able to do in terms of you know being able to announce their retirement early in the year and and you know appreciate the sport whilst you're still in it and knowing that you know you're gracefully going out for the following year you're not you're not going out bitter um uh, you know there's there's so many drivers that have exited after the end of the year similar to what happened to me in 2020 where it just comes to an abrupt end and and you leave the sport probably a little bit bitter and knowing that you know you should still be in there and you've got enough to you know to mix it up the front um so for me it's been it's been really uh, uh it, it's it's just been great to be able to you know, leave on my own terms and um, and appreciate this last part of my career. And you go into the fast-paced world of real estate. Yeah, well, it's pretty, it's pretty competitive in real estate, I can tell you. I can imagine. Um, but they're all they're all you know down to earth, knockabout people in in commercial and um, yeah, I feel like I slot into that world pretty pretty well. Um, you know, it can be a dog-eat-dog dog world, but so can motorsport. So I think I've got a fair bit of experience in um, in, in that side of things. So, um, yeah, it's a completely different career path, but, you know, there are some similarities, which is funny enough to say, um, you know, and, and there's a lot of ex-sportsmen that, uh, that are in the same company that I work in as well. So they've, you know, been helpful in, um, you, you know, in that trend, in, in, giving me some advice on that transition stage as well. So yeah, it's been, been very cool, but I'm excited about next year. It's going to be full time. It's going to be full on. Um, and then also to have uh, come back for Enduros with supercars as well. And then maybe do some fun races here, here and there as well throughout the year. When you look back at your career, is there anything you believe you didn't achieve that you wanted to? Um. Was there anything? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I don't think you ever, you, you never, I don't reckon anyone ever walks away 
completely satisfied, apart from maybe wind cup and lounge. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I I regret not ever being um, you know with with one of the championship contending teams in my in my career. Um, you know, I, I I would have liked a hell of a lot more race wins and podiums, um, and obviously a championship. But you know, I've got to be pleased with you know I've I've got podium I got podiums I got race wins and I got a Bathurst win. Um, I'm pretty stoked with all that. So yeah, you know, I um, there's always yeah, there's always I, I wouldn't say regrets. I never regret anything because you've only got the information you've got in front of you at the time to make your decision. And some of them were wrong in hindsight, um, but but a lot of them were right. So, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed every every part of it, but there were challenges that um, certainly uh, set my career back in some ways as well throughout the journey. Now, mate, we've got our Bathurst preview coming up next week, and we've got a series of questions we're asking everyone. So I'm going to fire these at you quick fire. Quick answers is what we're after. Yeah, so answer me this. What's your earliest Bathurst memory? Uh, it would have to be, I don't know what year it was, but I reckon I was about five years old and, um, sitting down, we, we used to drag the mattresses out just to sit in front of the, or lie in front of the telly all day. Um, and I think it, it started pretty early back in the day and, um, uh, just watching it there with my, my brother and my dad and mum was in the background making us food or whatever <laughs> and um <laughs> a familiar story and, mate yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I, I reckon you know there was brocky and johnson all those legend names back in uh, back in that sort of day and um uh, the, the other one that actually comes to mind is uh, my first my first visit to the bathurst 1000 and i reckon i was probably eight years old and um i don't know why it sticks in my head but I, I remember going to a Maccas and seeing uh, Glenn Seaton and Alan Jones and uh, and getting the autographs while they were having a Big Mac or something. <laughs> real drivers food, real drivers food before the big event. Oh, that's great! And uh, and and also bringing home like a Glenn Seaton cutout thing. Um, so yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I think that that first memory is definitely sitting in front of the tally with the family. I suspect this one will be an easy one to answer. What's your favourite Bathurst memory? Uh, yeah last year of course yep yeah good good uh if you could take one corner from mount panorama to drive on for the rest of your life which one is it oh man um it's so hard because that whole place is just awesome but there's 23 I, I think, ones. yeah yeah <laughs> i reckon can i can i give you a sequence of corners i'll give you a reed park and then into um into the gray i'll allow it i like it uh, if you were watching the race from Punterville with the spectators, where would you choose to watch from? Right where I just said. Yep. Probably at the great. Yep. Uh, you can have one great race winner car from the history of the event to put in the garage and maybe drive every now and then. Which one is it? Uh, Brocky's VK Commodore. Yes. Last <laughs> of even, though I'm a, even though I'm a Ford man at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. Uh, that car transcends brands. I feel well. It actually it it, um, it made me get my first car, which was the exact same. Nice, nice. That's yeah. a good story. I like it. 
And you race Commodore Cup as well, so it makes sense. Yeah. Um, outside of yourself, who wins? Uh, oh, you know, it'd be terrible if I didn't say David Reynolds and, and Matt Campbell. Um, I I think that they're, they're in for a very good chance, to be honest. You know, Dave's been fast all year. His car is set up. Everything's working for him. And um and I think you know Matt Campbell is a is a very good steer as we know, um but you know I, I also you know Chaz has got a uh, a special place for me as well you know given what happened last year, um so you know I'd love to see Chaz get up there. Uh, pole position, who gets it? And give me a bit of a lap time predictor for the shootout. I think Chaz Mostert uh, with a. Oh man, that's so hard. It is, isn't it? Yeah, I reckon like a two o three seven. Okay, like it. Uh, who do you consider amongst this field, which is a very good field, it must be said, the best sort of outsider, the best smoky that someone might go and throw a few bucks on as a bit of an outside chance? Is it yourself? Ah, uh, I don't know. I I think that um. Jeez, who is an outsider? It's a tough question, uh, this one, because it's that, such a that's broad a, field. That's a, that's a really tough question. I think... I think per cat and laugh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I reckon those guys are, are pretty... Yeah, yeah they're Mr. a dark Mr. Horse. Podium, Warren Laugh. Yeah. Yeah, he, absolutely. He's got more podiums there than I've got pairs of underwear. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and that's I'll, a fact. It's true. No, it is that's, that fact. would be true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, on what lap does the winning pass occur, do you think? Uh, I think lap 135. Oh, early. We've had a couple go really early. It's yeah. like final pit stop window. I like it. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Excellent. Thanks, mate. Good answers. Good answers. No worries. Very interesting. Hey, Lee, yeah. thanks for your time, mate. As always, we love having you on this program and having a chat. And uh, we wish you all the best for the next three race meetings, which, of course, yeah, cheers, constitute guys. Bathurst, Gold Coast, and the finale at Adelaide. It's going to be a nice place to do your finale, isn't it? It is, actually. That's a ripper place. And um, one of those places where... It's win or bin. So <laughs> hopefully I can give Penrite Racing back a straight car, but um I'll be I'll be putting matter. it all on the line there as well. <laughs> well, well done, mate. Lee, Lee Holdsworth, Thank joining you guys. us here on the grid. There's more great motorsport stories coming next on the grid. All right, Krause joining us for our final part of the show, as he always does. Mark Walker from the racetalk.com. Hello, Mark. Hello, Tony Shebecki, Richard Crail. Have you got the Bathurst fever yet? Have you got it? Have you caught it? Well, it's Feeling the only it? it's the only fever I want to get right now. <laughs> going into next week, uh, very very keen for the great race. It feels better this year, doesn't it? Like last year was exciting, going back, crowds would be back, rah rah rah. But it felt weird doing it in November, and the fact that we'd been at Sydney Motorsport Park the week before, and it was just. It didn't feel the same, but now it's October. We've just had footy finals, one of them, the other one's this weekend, mm. you know, and then we've got this this magic week where the only game in town is the great race. It just feels right. It feels correct. And I'm, I'm here for that. 
the campgrounds were three quarters empty. People from Queensland, West mm. Australia couldn't be there. So a lot of our friends couldn't be there. It was a bit weird last year. And that whole, what was it a 15 day race meeting we wound up with? I can't remember. It I thought we ended up for 28. I d- yeah. it, just, it seemed like a lot of days. It turns out yeah. there is too much of a good thing. <laughs> because by Friday, we were all at the point of going, nah, we've had enough now. We hadn't even got to the actual race bit. Yeah, I peaked on Monday. That was the problem. Well, that was the I first think, week. Yeah, we peaked on our track walk on the Sunday beforehand, Mark. I think that was our biggest problem. <laughs> we flogged ourselves out to bits there. But no, it feels good. It feels great. And uh, the, the announcements of liveries and uh, milestones and things like that um, starting to flow are really exciting. And it, and it feels like it should feel for a, a Bathurst 1000 for our biggest race of the year. Love and it. And Craig, Craig Lowndes is turning up on every breakfast TV good. show. Yeah, good. Good. I saw uh, DJR on the Today Show spruiking their new range of um, Bathurst-specific merch that you can buy at Shell and Coles Servos, which is part of their sponsorship deal with Nine. So that's working well. There'll be more of those, I think, in the coming weeks yeah. with different brands. Which is, but it's great, isn't it? Like the the teams are getting out there and commercialising it, and the brands are doing the job. They realise the power of it. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen that Repco bring in the Bathurst ad. Seriously. Oh. They're absolutely smashing it. Like every ad break uh, on the grand final yeah. last weekend on TV and radio was a Repco ad for the Bathurst 1000. That's fantastic. Like, that's brilliant. That's what we want. Yes, there's another ad that I'll be talking about a little bit later on in my hot knot. Oh. Oh, exciting. Mm. Okay. Uh, Bathurst liveries, you mentioned them. They're starting to come out, and we've seen a couple already. Absolutely no doubt the new DJR livery is at. Ap- 100% just full spec amazing. Looks good. It's a pretty uh, good vote for Retro Round to come back, isn't it? It is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's it ticks a lot of boxes. That livery looks better on that Mustang than it did on the EL Falcon back in the day, I think. It, it's sensational. What a great recreation. Well done. Are they keeping the red wheels for Bathurst? Oh, I hope so. They, they're <sighs> so fundamental to that livery working, yeah. I think. I know. I think I have to see it in the flesh. I do love it. I'll, it works. All the sponsors' logos fit on it very nicely. But still, the the one that I absolutely love is when they did the retro round with the Red Sierra schemes. Mm. Oh, I think that was peak. I don't. Know. I don't know whether it's just the childhood memories of the Sierras, but uh, the Al Falcon. It didn't do a lot, did it? No, but that was a great livery, though. It was such a. It was a really good livery. But no, I, I I think they've done a tremendous job. That's it's the best livery on that shape Mustang, I think that's been done, yeah. which is yeah. ironic because it's a twenty year old livery. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why it works on that car because that Mustang can be quite fickle with a livery point of view because the proportions are different. Mm. I had um, uh, I had concerns with Scott Pye's new livery. Uh yeah, it's um, green. Look, there's a lot going on, isn't there? Yeah. But new sponsor, great. We're Good talking fantastic. about it. Well, yeah, well done, Charlie. He's he's done another deal with one of his um one of his construction and material handling mates. I'm sure he sells them twenty forklifts a year. So but that's that's the way the sponsorship world works. So all power to him for, for doing the job. But look, good to see other brands 
in the sport. I think they said that in the release, didn't they? That it's a it's a new brand taking up a um a naming rights sponsor position. So the more people spending money in our sport, Tony, the better. Oh yes, no, so no doubt about that. If they Perhaps. want their car to look like a uh, fairly busy livery, like that is, then that's entirely up to them. Well, are we expecting that most of the teams are going to come up with Bathurst liveries, or are they just going to be? Uh, I think there's a couple of other specials to come. Uh, I think there's super cheap ones being mooted around the edges. People have been able to upload their face like they were able to for the old Rick Kelly correct uh, Mustang. So they must have something in the works. That gets announced the Tuesday of race week. Um, There'll be a new sponsor and livery coming for the Matt Charter, Jay Robotham uh, wildcard, which will be a good story that, I don't know. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say I think we should probably follow them for the race week. I reckon that would be a good, good story, good yarn. Yes, as yeah. privateer, don't you reckon? Like, yeah, underdog. They Everyone are. Everyone like you love an underdog, don't you? Well, <laughs> how's their competition? So, it's the son of a a Ford mechanic from uh, Wodonga and the son of a baker from Lancefield in Victoria, going head to head with <laughs> the wildcard competition includes. Craig Lowndes, arguably the greatest of all time in yeah. supercar racing, and Greg Murphy, arguably one of the greatest of all time in supercar racing, being run by teams that have won three of the last four Bathurst 1000s. Like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's a good little privateer story. I like it. <laughs> it is uh, It is the Williamstown Football Club up against every other team in the AFL, in the VFL, I should say. Yeah. All yeah. those aligned teams. Or if you're following current pop culture, it's Wrexham AFC going up ahead against Liverpool or something like that. Yeah. What? Welcome to Wrexham. Welcome to Wrexham. Ryan Did you Reynolds. mention soccer on this program? Yeah, but it's you got to, It's a good show. Ryan Reynolds is genius. Anyway, that's the only concession I'll ever give to soccer, by the way. Oh, <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. Jesus, I just realised what I did there. For our, um, for our great friends over at Radio Show Limited, RS1, we uh, we do love the sport. No, we don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> credit where credit's due. But you can. It's a very good documentary. Absolutely. It's, yeah. You make your own life choices when it comes to sport. That's fine. Yes, very much so. Uh, what other supercar news is around the traps at the moment? It's not much, is it? It's sort of gone all quiet, just sort of leading into Bathurst. Everyone's like just what... holding their guns. Is it? Is it that we just needed a Sandown 500 to build into this? It just felt a bit wrong being in New Zealand rather than Big Bad Sandown, don't you think? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I th- it feels like we needed that warm-up. It, it just it, Having 500 Ks before Bathurst, it was always just, it just felt right. It got everyone in the mood. It, it built up the hype a bit, but sending the, the pre-Bathurst warm-up away to a sprint round three hours away, it's uh, a bit weird. Yeah, yeah, and no, I I agree with that, but it is what it is, and you know, all the rumour points to it being back next year. So if that's the case, then great. Will it take away from Bathurst? I don't think so, but it certainly just feels like the lead up's a little bit more quiet. Um, a few more test days to go. Garth Tander gets um, the '97 car to himself to pound around Queensland Raceway. Shane's off doing Rally New Zealand, which will be really interesting to see how he goes over there in his WRC debut which will be great but and he uh, wants to go off and do nascar yep good good on him good i like it it's got to happen doesn't it i, 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 I don't, don't i'm not to... entirely across it is it 
would it be with the Garage 91 with that yeah, track house? Yeah, that's the talk with track house. Yeah, he's apparently spoken to track house about it. And if you're track house, why would you not want Shane Frankie's booty? He, he will go and smoke everyone at that course. Totally. course. Absolutely. absolutely demolish them. Yeah, he, he, will, he will make them look secondhand, which is great. It's funny, isn't that we're in a strange position where, as a sport, you don't want to lose your elite talent, do you? So if you're the AFL, you, you worry when your buddy Frank Lindsay, Gary Ablett's of the world retire because you lose your biggest draws. But in our point, I think we're all sitting here going, go, go forth, young man, and be successful elsewhere. You can come back. It's a bit like Scott McLaughlin because it feels like uh, he's the king of the small castle at the moment, but he could go overseas and be probably king of a really big one like what Scotty's doing. Like the thing with that track house deal is that it's a full spec Chevy back team. So they get all the uh, sim time. And when Kimi Raikkonen came over to drive that car at Watkins Glen, he actually had a few test days in the race car beforehand, mm. which is something that they don't typically allow. But because it was this sort of one-off uh, deal for the international driver, he got a heap of seat time before the event. So you send SVG in there to a road course, something that he's fairly familiar with that none of these NASCAR guys are. And the car's a half-bred supercar as exactly. it is. Mm. He'll, he'll be absolutely in the ballpark. And the fact that he can yeah. drive anything, mm. uh, good, bring that on. Yeah, it could be a pretty yep. profound moment for our sport, for sure. And, and that's great because it shows the quality at supercars. And if you're watching supercars from anywhere in the world and you know so we've deposited scott mclaughlin to indycar and he's gone bang and in his second year he's won three races and finished top five in the championship and if we went deposit svg over to nascar and he goes and whacks the thing on pole and finishes on the podium like what a good ad that is for our championship i think that's outstanding and i'm all for it and and this insular outlook that we've had here for a long time needs to change. And yes, our championship is great. Don't get me wrong. And yes, it is a place where drivers can forge a career and can be full-time professionals. They can race there for 20 years if they like, like Mark Winterbottom. But at the same time, I don't think it should be the be all and end all for someone like Shane and Scotty's proven this as well, where they can go and do other things. And I think it's good for our sport if they do. I think if they go and achieve that, it, it only speaks volumes for how good our championship is. I love it. And, and there's no doubt that, that is, you, you hit it right on the head there right at the end, Richard. Our championship is so strong with such talented drivers right throughout it mm. that you can afford to lose someone like that and it won't hurt the championship. It, it yeah. will do an extent, the, the fact you know, that he'll be missed, but it won't hurt. The, the championship will still go and it'll still be close and it will be great racing. Who? So let, let's say, so I think Shane's got one more year on his Triple Eight deal, one or two. I can't remember. But if you're Triple Eight and Shane goes and smokes them and this one-off deal and Trackhouse goes, oh, man, you're, you're coming to NASCAR. Yeah. We're signing you right now. Here's an, a massive check. We'll buy you out of your Triple Eight deal. Who do you replace him with? Mm. So yes. I, I, th I think we've seen enough from Brock Feeney that he's probably at a point where He'd be safe. He, could, he could continue on. He's done a good job in a rookie season. Who the hell do you replace Shane Van Gisbergen with? Well, do you go with another young gun? I suppose you probably do. Do, do you have Brock Feeney and Declan Fraser in the same team at Triple Eight? I don't know. That's, that's a big call, isn't it? 
how much money do you need to throw at Garth Tander to drag him out of retirement? Well, uh, but that'd be the thing. It'd be depend. It would be dependent on when Shane did it. Yeah. So if Shane did it next year, then you might want to bring in another experienced driver to work with Brock for another year. But if Shane waited another year and did it in 2024, Brock could be pretty much up to speed by then and yeah. winning and close to winning races, if not winning races. Yeah. And at that point, you'd probably say, right, he's okay. Then maybe go with another a younger guy. Who are the other A graders out there? You got what, Chas Moster? I mean, is Walkinshaw going to let him go? Unlikely. Unlikely. If I mean, if there was a raid on him, you'd be bringing Michael Andretti and Zach Brown going, hey, boys, we need some more cash, surely. Yeah, I, I, that's this is the the tough question. Do you go? Do you go overseas and have a look around and poke around? I don't know. It's interesting. I, I, Shane's safe for next year. He's not going yeah, anywhere. Well, but just get but, Daniel Suarez. I mean, that's the, the clear, obvious replacement, isn't it? Is it? Well, he's <laughs> going to take his seat. So sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, it's not going to happen next year, but the, there is the potential, and and I think we'd all be very pleased for Shane if he has the opportunity to go and do it. And he is, can come back and still win plenty more races in supercars if he wants. If Daniel Ricciardo's not doing anything, is there an embargo <laughs> well, about well, him they, driving a well, Red Bull? There you go. Why not? Is there an embargo about him driving a Red Bull ever again? No, I don't think so. No? Okay. No, they left on reasonable terms. Yeah, they'll be happy with that? Okay. Hmm. I don't think Helmut Marco has much say in how Triple Eight no, Race Engineering operates either. <laughs> He'd like to, I'm sure. Oh, Maybe. I think he'd feel like he's got enough going on. Anyway, interesting times. It's good for Crazy. Shane. While, while we're talking about Bathurst, tell us about the situation with the S5000s not running the uh, the Tasman Series there. Uh, yeah, so um, an unfortunate um, set of circumstances where there's a Motorsport Australia safety review, risk management review, risk management, I hate that term, um, a risk management review broadly of motor racing in general, but also more specifically motor racing at Mount Panorama. Um now, S5000 had to run restricted there last year at the Bathurst 1000 to meet the FIA's uh, power to weight ratio specifications for a grade three circuit, which is Mount Panorama is a grade three circuit, which frankly surprised me because I could have sworn black and blue that that place was FIA grade two. But anyway, um, so they ran restricted last year and and since then there's been some changes in their the, the safety structures at the FIA and Motorsport Australia and they've um, put a review through to uh, assess the risk of, of those cars and everything else to be fair racing at Bathurst and uh, that review is ongoing so the cars can't race there so Motorsport Australia basically has said uh, they can't compete there at the Bathurst International on November 11 to 13 which is a shame because uh, they were a big part of that event and there were some good names looking at coming and running it. So it would have been exciting. And with a year's um, with a year's worth of experience racing there, I feel like the show would have been better. And it's worth, and I need to be careful here because I, I work with the category and, and the promoter group behind it, but uh, it is worth, I think, noting that a lot of, some people in the social media comments have noted that Yes, there were a lot of crashes, but if you go back and look at them all, I mean, two of the safety cars in two of the four races were caused by cars going off at turn one. Yeah. <laughs> so 
the completely innocuous 90 degree left-hand corner at turn one at Mount Panorama and we ended up with two cars backed into the sand trap. So yes, there was a massive crash at the chase and yes, that was bad. It wasn't good, but um, there were some driving standards things that were more the cause of those cars having accidents than they were um, the cars themselves. But that's the way it is. But the cars will still run there at Mount Panorama. They will um, do some demos. They won't be burdened under demonstration rules by the horsepower limit that they ran last year so it doesn't i think all of us would agree that the qualifying session for s5000 last year was the highlight of the weekend it was awesome as they got closer and closer to that two minute mark and then did some 59 so um if we get that a couple of times over the international weekend and they're going five seconds left faster then happy days so frustrating shebex so the, the most frustrating thing about it is probably the timing and that we're now six weeks out from that event and uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty close to us going motor racing there. So that's yeah. it's a shame from from that point of view. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, also, we should speak about uh, some of the support categories heading up uh, at Bathurst next weekend. We may not get the chance next week during our big Bathurst preview. Uh, Carrera Cup. It's a fairly special weekend for those guys. Four hundredth race of yeah. uh, Porsche Panadix and Carrera Cup Australia race. Would you two. have called? Um, more than 200. I've got a number somewhere, but yeah. you've got me on the hop and I don't have it handy. I have actually counted them because it's me. Betting it over 500. Sorry? In baseball terms, you're betting over oh, 500. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yep, yep, yep. There's, I think there's only three people in the paddock that have been to more races than I have. One of those is Mark Sini, and the other one is Carl Batson, who's the legendary chief at Porsche Centre Melbourne. Yeah. Um, but a, a few stats for you. Um, so they're up to 398 races. So race one on Friday will be 399, and then the race on Saturday will be race number 400. Uh, 49 different race winners in that uh, period there. Craig Baird has the most race wins at 60. But at behind the the legends, which is Baird, Richards, and Alex Davison, only three drivers have won more than 20 races. So out of that 49 drivers, there's 46 of them have won less than 20 races. So quite a big spread. Uh, Mark Sini will start his 350th race in the 400th Carrera wow. Cup race. So he's raced in 87% of every Carrera Cup race held. Um, uh, one guess who won the first Carrera Cup race from each of you? Uh, Jim Richards. Correct. It was. Uh, one guess who won the second Carrera Cup race ever held? Jim Richards. Jim Richards. Correct. Uh, and he also won the third, the fourth, the fifth, <laughs> the sixth, <laughs> and the seventh. So the second longest race winning streak in Carrera Cup history were the first seven races in championship history, all of them won by Jim Richards. Uh, Richo was the first to win multiple races, obviously. The first to 10, 20, and 30 race wins. Uh, he has the record for the most wins in the season. In the inaugural Carrera Cup year, there were 24 races. He won 20. <laughs> wow. what, what a legend. Uh, and the most consecutive race wins, which was eight in that uh, 2003 season. So it's a big milestone. I, I, I went through the record books, boys, and tried to find other categories that have done more than 400 championship races. So behind supercars mm. so formula ford at a national championship level definitely because that dates back to the dark ages aussie racing cars absolutely uh v8 utes before they so they're the two that still exist 
I, I'm not, I don't know what the number is for Super 2, but that'd have to be close because that's been going for a little bit longer than Carrera Cup, though they race less each year. Um, V8 Utes had about 430 races before really? they... Fought, yep, they did. They did. Remember, they started early 2000s yeah, yeah. And, and they did almost 30 races a year, a couple of years. But outside of that, nothing really springs to mind. So it's a, it's a big milestone and, and congratulations to everyone at Porsche Cars Australia and um, my friends that work on that championship that have put together such a good season for uh, for so long. And historic touring cars, Mark, that looks like that's also going to be a pretty uh, cool field. Yeah, because there's no touring car masters. They've got the butcher's picnic out and it's a real mixed bag of group C's, group A's, group N's and group S's, uh, which is cool. Like uh, I saw that the Bluebirds entered, but there's a whole heap mixed bag of everything that's sort of raced at Bathurst over the various periods going back to the 1960s. So uh, that's going to be cool. And I'm sure the punters on top of the hill are absolutely going to love that because you know, most of them would have owned one of those cars at one stage or another. And, you know, the, the racing probably won't be all that fierce because the, the cars are pretty expensive bits of kit these days. But uh, just the variety, that's always something that endears a class to audiences these days. Whenever they wheel out in pre-production cars, say, mm. at an Adelaide 500, punters love it. It's like, oh, that. I've got one of those. I, I was conceived in one of those. It's uh, <laughs> always a bit of a highlight. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing how they go at the mountain. Geordie Roddy is running the Group A Jag, V12 Jag. It's one of the best sounding cars in Australian motor racing. Mm. Get around that. 85. Uh, actually, you talk about historic cars. My dad, uh, I went over to his place a couple of weeks ago and he gave me a whole lot of brochures of old cars. And I said, what are they? And he said, they're all the cars that I've owned in my lifetime. He said, uh-huh. these are the brochures that came with them when I brought the cars. And there's the old Ford LTD that he owned. Picked it up for 14 grand. A brand new Ford LTD. My goodness me. Yeah, right. What does 14 grand get you now? Not very much, Not much. Tony. I can tell you that. Not much. Uh, Mark, we had an interesting NASCAR race. Oh, on interesting. Monday right. morning at- Richard, you can jump in on this one. I didn't yeah. see it, but both of you, well, well, Richard, you to. jumped in towards the end. Yeah. I'm, most people, yeah, before you start, most yeah. people, you know how most people jump into a sporting match when like social media, oh my God, this game's incredible. Look at it. And you got to turn the TV on and watch. This was me watching social media on Monday morning going, oh my God, this is the worst race that's happened. And I turned on and watched because of that. It wasn't great. Wasn't great. It was sort of six six for one, half a dozen the other, um, between Goodyear tires and the teams, because the teams they figured out with this car how you make it go fast is to drop the air pressures right out of them, uh, which is a problem because when you do that, you go really quick and then they pop. But then the other thing too is that when you're out in front leading the race, uh, you're going really fast, which kind of put a lot more pressure on the tyres, and they popped. So whenever these guys got out in front with their fast cars, they'd go for 35 laps, and then the tyres would pop. Uh, it's something that we sort of figured out in supercars back in 2015, that you can pop these uh, tyre pressure sensors in the cars, and we have a minimum uh, tyre pressure here in supercars. What is it? 17 PSI, whatever it is. Um that the cars are constantly monitored. If they're below that, they get disqualified. It's something that they clearly need to do over there because at the moment it's a really bad look for everyone. And it's sort of self-inflicted because uh, they're all trying to go fast, but uh, by pushing the limits, they're coming unstuck and making themselves look silly. So uh, Tyler Reddick, uh, he's already out of the playoffs. He had the win. 
Uh, they're at Texas. I mean, Texas is a pretty rubbish oval for NASCAR anyway. They're going to rip it up and do something different with it again. Uh, but um, onwards and upwards for them. They're off to Talladega this week. So if they hmm. weren't uh, disappointing enough at Texas, no doubt Talladega is just going to be an absolute debacle. So we're looking forward hmm. to that. All right. But uh, sounds like they just need to get their tyres under control in NASCAR and everyone will be happy. Hmm. Yes. Any other news, boys? Nope. Time for Hots and knots. Doric power rankings. Of course, our Doric power rankings. I'll kick it off. Mm. AFL grand final for me. The hot part about that was the Adelaide 500 commercial. Oh, you bastard. And the sound ah. of V8 supercars reverberating around the walls of the MCG as I stuck my head out of my uh, window of my box. It was just absolutely freaking amazing. And it got me thinking, we've got to try and get a racetrack inside the G and using the car park and whatever <laughs> it might be. But, geez, it would be good. Oh, my Lord, how good was the sound? So that, well, that, so your hot is the supercar noise in yes. the MCG? Yes. Um, with the right, cool. It's well, not the grand final. The grand final was the worst no, game of the year. <laughs> it was terrible. But, okay, well, my, my hot segs nicely into that because my hot is that ad. That is a really good piece of tourism marketing for South Australia and the event. And well done to the team behind that who put that all together and, and engineered that commercial. It's very, very good for the Valo Adelaide 500. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it involves a supercar, or a series of supercars driving through the iconic tourism locations in South Australia, including a road seven minutes from my house in the beautiful Barossa Valley and then ending up at the racetrack uh, in the city, which is really cool. So well done. And yeah, that got pumped out to the MCG, got played in the grand final coverage nationwide on seven, and they're going to run it through the Bathurst weekend as well, I understand, which is great. So proper marketing. And when you market a car race, people go, which is incredible. So uh, well done to the people behind the Adelaide 500. And they continue to kick goals in that event's resurrection. But correct me if I'm wrong, Richard, there is no voiceover to it, I don't think. It's just the sound of V8 supercars. Yeah. That's the entire track to the whole commercial. It was just yep. grouse. Sells it pretty well, doesn't it? Yeah. How good did the Barossa Valley look there, by the way? Oh, just throwing beautiful. it out there. I, think, I, I thought I saw your house, but I wasn't sure. No, I was a little bit little bit further north than where I am. Okay. But anyway, close. close. But, uh, Mark? Uh, I'll go with the Phillip Island Vic State Race Series on the weekend. Two weekends in a row of mega, mega race finishes. We had Sandown there with the Speed Series one weekend. We backed up Phillip Island. Uh, just a, a few of the highlights. So Heath Collison won the Formula V Championship in the third and final race by only 0.01. So one <laughs> one hundredth of a second, he beat Reith, McCar- Reith McCarthy in a three-wide finish. So What? So that was ridiculous. Uh, Formula Ford race three in the second and third, Edison Bestwick and Kobe Williams. They were split by 0.02. That's crazy. Well, that's crazy. And then Hyundai XL race three, there were four drivers, uh, Nash, Colin Brito, Seal and Lodge. Four cars covered by nine one hundredths of a second. (laughs) It was full Talladega spec. It was just incredible. So uh, Mm. for absolute red hot racing, Vic State Racing Series, all the coverage was there on Blendline and still online. If you want to go and check that out, there was some really, really good racing. Just the V's, Formula Fords, Hyundai XLs, go and check them out. They were crazy. It's 
good coverage too on Blend Line. I caught yeah, a little bit of that between job. weekend activities. Yeah, very nice. What's your notch, Abex? Uh, the fact that I gave away and cancelled my accommodation for the Singapore Grand Prix. Mm. You could be there right now. I could be. And the accommodation was like only 400 bucks for the four nights. And I got told by other people that it won't run. Or was that was last it, year? Wasn't that last year? That was oh, last, was last oh, year, forget guys. Mm. Give me time to think of another one. There wasn't there wasn't a Singapore <laughs> Grand Prix last year. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't run last year. You are I thought it was this year. It just seemed like it was this year. No, I think you did book it for this year and you boned it for some reason though, didn't you? Yeah. Had a podcast today. Yeah. Probably. Oh, that's right. No, I've got AMRS at, at Sydney Motorsport. That's Park. right. Yeah. 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 Same same thing. Pretty much similar. They got light towers at Sydney. Yeah, they're Motorsport gonna run Park. at night, are they? Yeah, yeah. totally. Same vibe. <laughs> same stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get some get some noodles, get some Uber Eats in. You'll be I'd right. be cautious if Sydney Motorsport Park develops a pool with that infinity edge like the one in the <laughs> Marina Sands there. Uh, I, I don't think that would be by design at Sydney Motorsport Park. No, well, but, the, um, the weather's been pretty crap the last few days, so it could be there deliver, uh, yeah, potentially, but yeah. It could be. It could be. Um, my knot is, well, we've already touched on it, is, is S5000 being out of Bathurst. Uh, I'm, I'm sad for that, and I'm sad for the people behind the category who uh, continue to get smashed in the face. It's a hard job running open-wheel racing in Australia, and, um, yeah, that's a, that's a setback, but they'll bounce back and uh, will continue to be at the Adelaide 500 in December, which I think everyone's looking forward to seeing. Big proper open-wheelers back on a circuit designed for them some 38 years ago. And be nice to see big proper open wheelers on the Gold Coast circuit as well. Oh yeah, yep, yep. After a few years, scary well. but yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, my not uh, was Cody Ware knocking down the fence in the NASCAR Cup Series. He absolutely wrote the thing off at Turn Four there at Texas, and then was completely out of control, speared it down in the pit road, and he just missed the gap in the wall by about half a meter. And it was, that was horrible. Uh, lots of bad stacks in these new cars at the moment. And the drivers aren't terribly impressed with uh, how they're faring in them. So uh, hmm. coming up to Talladega this week, their uh, fingers crossed that uh, everyone stays nice and sensible and there's no big accidents. The super speedway could be the end of them. No, don't say that. That's, that's bad. It will be much must watch motor racing though. No doubt about that. No doubt. There you go. Done. Another episode wrapped up, boys. Thank you. Look forward to catching you up at Bathurst in a couple of days' time. The big one. So I think our plan at this point is that the preview show will be recorded at the Mountain. So it may be a day late next week, but uh, we'll keep you priced to that on the socials at the Race Talk and the Racetalk.com. So keep an eye on that. But we want to make sure we're fully up to speed when we preview the great race for yeah. you next week. But as always, we'll have heaps of special extras for you from up at Bathurst. Uh, maybe not another track walk, but we'll definitely have another podcast. At the halfway mark. And we'll I'm going to have another stuff. crack of walking it again. Are we? I don't, I don't think we'll podcast it, but no, um, okay. But definitely going to try. This took right. too long. It did take, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Looks like I'm uh, cutting my trip to country, uh, to western, central western New South Wales a little bit shorter. Good. By a few hours. Yes, Excellent. Why not? All right, boys, catch you up there and talk to you next week. Back this week. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us right here on The Grid.